thank you so much for joining today. My pleasure, Steve. Great to have you on. As you know, um, this is a podcast catered towards entrepreneurs and investors. You know, I'd love to talk a little bit about your company and possibly share some lessons with our audience. So tell me a little bit about your business and how you got started. Yeah, so I'm co-founder and CEO of Fortanix. Um, we provide uh, cloud security solutions. Um, specifically, right, if you look at security, it's a um, very hard field. And lots of companies are trying to do lots of different things. Our particular innovation is um, you know, realizing that you do not have to secure your infrastructure to secure your application. So we decouple security from infrastructure. We use encryption, a particular kind of encryption that we call runtime encryption. We keep your data secure at rest, in motion, in use, uh, without relying on any host, any other software. So, you know, even if you have some very confidential, very sensitive data, you can um, run that in public cloud without trusting the cloud provider, without trusting um, your uh, own employees, without trusting the operating system, uh, root uh, users, etc. So as a result, we can allow companies to adopt public cloud or operate um, at uh, uh, scale in their own data center uh, while um, maintaining complete control of their data and security. So I imagine that your software is sold as a service. Is that correct? Yeah. If uh, um, you are starting a company uh, these days in B2B space, right, um, um, you have to provide your, your software as subscription because world is moving to OPEX model. So um, it's a, a quite complicated thing um, when it comes to, you know, like what is the revenue or uh, when uh, you can, you know, like uh, recognize what you have sold. But when it comes to basically selling your product or pricing your product, um, yeah, it has to be subscription based so that people can consume um, according to their uh, um, needs. Sure. So tell me who your typical client would be. Yeah, so uh, one of our customers is PayPal. Um, um, it's a um, public, uh, publicly available reference, right? So yeah. PayPal um, operates in Google Cloud, and uh, we help them secure their data inside um, GCP. Um, and uh, we encrypt all uh, some of the data that uh, PayPal has. Uh, so our typical uh, clients are, you know, uh, financial company, healthcare, retail, or tech companies who have some sensitive data from their customers, and they are worrying about how do we process that data without, you know, running foul of any of the new um, data security regulations, be it GDPR or CCPA or, you know, a whole bunch of others, and maintaining complete control of, uh, you know, um, um, their, their data. So, Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So do you cater, well, you know, you used PayPal as an example. So do you cater to enterprise-level clients like that exclusively, or is your software also available to smaller clients? Um, yeah, I mean, very good question, right? So uh, we do um, prefer large enterprises because, um, you know, when they have budget and they have need for um, real uh, security at a scale. So if you are a small company like Fortanix, right, we started four years ago. Um, um, and so, so we are, you know, like we have grown a lot. 
but still we are very small. So we have to be selective in what kind of companies we work with. So we, we prefer working with large companies. Now, that doesn't uh, mean that, you know, we don't, do not have a small company. In fact, um, we have a whole bunch of smaller companies, startups included, uh, who use uh, our platform for uh, securing their keys, um, their encrypting their data, etc. cetera. Uh, but um, it's uh, easier for us to, you know, um, start with uh, blue chip companies so so to say and get our product validated um, you know learn from them and push it down in the market with smaller companies than vice versa right you know there's a couple things i'd like to talk about in this podcast one is you know your background as an entrepreneur building your company to the level it's at today i mean it's interesting that like i said you only started four years ago and you've got enterprise level clients at this point um, so I'd like to touch on that, but also I'd like to better understand your service because I think there may be people on our platform that could actually use your service. Um, many of the companies that use Glassbox are companies, I would say, small to middle market companies that are looking for capital to scale. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of times they're software related companies uh, that probably could benefit from the solution that you offer. So um, tell me about how a, if you could even use an example of a, you know, middle market company that uses your service and what they use it for and some of the benefits they see. Yeah, great question. So, you know, let's say that you are a 10 person company, you are building your product and uh, of course you are using one of the large cloud providers, right? Um, because you, you, you do not have capital to, to build your own data center at this point. And um, so you um, eventually you want to have, you will have some data uh, whose security will matter, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you, you hope to grow. So question is, what can you do at day one um, that allows you to, um, you know, make fast progress? And, um, but it doesn't get in your way once you get your own customer and they start to ask you, hey, how are you keeping my data protected? So, yeah, so that's where you can come to Fortanix. So we have uh, our SaaS offering uh, with Equinix, uh, which is world's largest data center provider. Um, the service is called Smart Key. Um, so if you go to www.smartkey.io, you will find the service. Okay. And so you have maybe, you know, you are building a blockchain company. We have several of blockchain companies using, um, this blockchain startups uh, using us, right? Okay. And you want to secure your wallet. And how do you secure your wallet? By protecting private keys. Now, it turns out that if you put your private keys in software, it's very vulnerable uh, because anybody compromises that software or machine can access your keys. So you can put those keys um, in inside a smart key and where it's not accessible to Fortanix, it's not accessible to the smart of Equinix, it's not even accessible to you. So you can prove to your end customers that, hey, your keys were not accessible to us. When you talk about a smart key, are you talking about a physical device, like a token that has, you know, different numbers that read off at different times, or are we talking about something different? No, so a smart key is the name of the uh, SaaS service. So it's a cryptographic keys. Uh, so we are talking about AES keys, RSA, ECC, 
Um, so in, in blockchain, for example, um, the, the private key is some kind of key uh, referring to some kind of ECC curve. So you can use um, our service for that. Uh, but let's say that you know you are, you are using um, some uh, open source database and you have your customer's data there. Now, if you keep your data in plain text there, it gets exposed. Somebody you know, uh, finds some vulnerability in your software or somebody else's software that you are using, and now they can dump your um, customer database, right? Um, so how do you uh, protect that? So one of the very easy way of doing that and very effective is using encryption. Um, so you can encrypt your data, but where do you put your keys? So you can put your keys inside um, smart key. Got it. Got it. Okay. So anybody who has a lot, any business that's collecting a lot of private data could benefit from your service. Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. And, and since we are a cloud native, cloud friendly solution, right? Um, it means that everything is available as restful APIs. So um, you can build your software really fast without you know, understanding lots of gory details that are uh, sometimes, you know, getting your way to try to use encryption. Right. And guess what? Everything is logged. Everything is, you know, multi-factor authentication, etc. And um, as your business grows, as you expect it to grow, um, we have some of world's largest banks, uh, some of world's largest companies who are using at a scale, right? So you don't have to worry about scale availability, those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that PayPal, as an example, would use your service as opposed to developing something internally. Why is that? Yeah, good question. You know, so every company has its own DNA, right? So PayPal certainly has incredible team. Um, Their security team is really top notch. uh, One of the best I have ever seen. Um, Very hardworking people, very smart. But you know, their time is also limited, right? Sure. Um, if they can work, they can spend an hour um, working on something that nobody else can do. Um, they would want to do that rather than you know doing something that companies like Fortanix can do. So, so they want uh, an ecosystem where companies like Fortanix cater to PayPal and other companies uh, like them, so that um, the R and D is R and D cost is shared, right? Because Fortanix is developing it once, selling it to multiple companies, right? And that allows people from uh, people inside PayPal to do uh, things that uh, no external company can do. That's a great point. You know, if they had to develop this themselves, the cost would be tremendous, uh, you know, relative to purchasing your subscription. Um, do, do you find that a lot of financial services companies are, well, should I, I should say it like this, are financial services companies your primary market? Yeah, they are because they have uh, lots of data that they really care about. Um, they have a very strong brand to protect in in um, uh, most cases, and there are also very you know steep fines uh, from different governments around the world. Right. Um, so if, if if something bad happens, so they tend to be early adopter of security solution, and when something like Fortanix comes along, where our uh, promises are very, very strong that, hey, uh, even if the root password is compromised, nothing bad will happen. Your, your, your keys and data will remain secure. Um, they uh, tend to poke at it 
and then you go back to them and say that, hey, um, here are the, all the proof points. I understand that I'm making very tall claims, but you don't have to take my word for it, right? Um, here is some security reviewer which has validated my software. Here are, you know, like um, other companies like you who are using us. Then they are like, you know, um, they start to root for you because, um, you know, like uh, they, uh, they, they, all they want is, you know, if their data could be secured in, in cloud or at large scale, um, it would make their life so much, so, so, so much easier. Right, right. Um, you know, you mentioned that you've, you started your company about four years ago. Tell me what the catalyst was to get started. Did you see a problem that you felt you could solve? Yeah, so definitely, you know, like um, um, companies are started when there's intersection of your own internal drive and some external factor. So I come from a world of mathematics and cryptography and hardware uh, very oddly. So my unique background um, allows me to think about um, things all the way from transistor to cloud technologies but keep a mathematical perspective on what is actually happening. Think, um, I uh, tend to think about along the lines of theorems and axioms and what, is, what are things that I can take for granted and how do I mix those things to create something very complicated. Um, so that, that's my internal drive. And I always had an itch to do something on my own. And in uh, uh, 2016, I, I just saw so many security companies getting started um, and all of them are just trying to do one thing, which is basically keep the infrastructure secure. So you have firewalls, next generation firewalls, IDS, IPS, uh, log analysis, things like that. And uh, the promise was that, hey, if you put a whole bunch of um, these security solutions around your um, infrastructure, your infrastructure will remain secure. But um, I realized that, hey, that's... Uh, not a winning strategy because your infrastructure is getting more and more complex every day as you move to new cloud, as you move to new data centers, as you onboard more teams, as you develop more software. So you cannot put like ON solution to a problem that is ON square, right? Um, so we said, hey, like something better needed to be done. And then I had this insight of using cryptography to, to encrypt data in use. So, so that was the genesis of runtime encryption technology. And then, you know, like I went and uh, pitched it to prospective customers and, you know, like uh, none of them believed that it was real or it could be real. Um, but all of them said that, hey, if something like this uh, were real, uh, then we would be interested in um, using it. So, um, so, so basically that gave me the needed validation from outside. And um, so, those, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm fairly green in this area. And uh, so forgive me if this is uh, a stupid or simple question, but you're, you're telling me right now that nobody else at that time in 2016 was using encryption for this type of data protection? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, interesting. And is that still the case or have people followed you? Now, uh, no, so people have followed us. So now we have a confidential compute cons consortium, CCC, where companies like Microsoft, Google, Intel, and by the way, Intel is an investor in Fortanix, but Intel, Red Hat, Swisscom are members along with Fortanix. So we have come a long way, and um, um, 
there is a now very nascent but still i mean evolving um ecosystem where people are talking about you know um uh, things that we have started um uh, but uh, it's a it's a, it's been a fantastic journey so you are a real innovator i mean and this that's um pretty amazing i mean if it, this was your concept from inception and you know you've managed to get intel to invest uh, that tells me that you were really on something early on um yeah thank you yeah so are, is intel your primary backer or do you have a, a number of other investors uh we also have foundation capital and neo drive ventures um as uh, uh two of our other investors so uh these three um in, intel included are our primary investors which is kind of interesting because it sounds to me like you have a strategic investor along with some traditional vc type of investors is that right yeah that's right so tell me about that because that uh, that may be something that's more normal than i'm accustomed to or or what i see but you know in in my experience i usually see one or the other there's usually more of a strategic backer or there's you know vc money that's potentially looking to sell to a strategic buyer later on um so tell me how that how that mix took place how did how did you end up with that mix of investors yeah so we raised money from neo drive ventures and foundation capital in our series a funding Mm-hmm. and later on when we did our series b funding um i had a choice to raise from intel or from traditional vc right or some other strategic investor mm-hmm. and i chose intel because um um intel um at least the team we are working with right is incredibly helpful so for example you know um they help us not just on uh, um portfolio side right but also um in the field so we want to get to some fortune 500 company um we are able to connect with some intel sales rep uh, right. who is uh, you know um um able to connect us to the right person in, in the company so uh, doing that right they intel provides us a big um, um you know like uh, um team which is not on you know like uh, working for us full time but they are very very helpful very responsive so that was the bet i met uh, while uh, i took the money from intel and it turned out to be true so i couldn't be happier so you so you found that additional benefit to actually be there you know they're they're actually helping you make those introductions and helping you build your revenue is that correct? yeah exactly and um, you know that's what uh, they t- um, uh, were telling me um earlier right before so i mean anytime you are raising money it's a two way street right and you are trying to sell your company but hey like you know uh, the other side is also trying to get on your cap table uh, they want you know uh, investment in your company so 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 you don't have to take money from anybody and everybody who offers you um so intel was making the case that hey we can help you in the field in addition to basically you know um, traditional uh, portfolio company building stuff that they do and um we talked to a few people uh, uh on the intel team uh we talked to a few portfolio company of intel which had really nice thing to say um and of course uh, i talked to my lead investor from intel um uh, sunil kurkure who was um again i found very strong so all those things led me to believe that if i went with intel it would be beneficial to me and turned out to be the case yeah yeah well, that's tremendous 
So one of the things I like to talk about in the interviews I conduct with various entrepreneurs and managers is disruption. And it's funny in the software field, you know, some people I've interviewed have said, you know, disruption, that's my entire industry. That's, you know, it's all about disruption. My own business is based on disruption. And, you know, you're certainly uh, an example of that. You know, you had disruptive, like a disruptive solution in the security space very early on. And, uh, you know, now as other people are following suit or other companies are following suit with this encryption methodology, are you finding it harder to differentiate yourself or are you, are you just, um, you know, that much further ahead of everybody else? Um, so, you know, like uh, uh, we are definitely benefiting from um, increased awareness of um, our approach um, as other companies are adopting it. So, so the, you know, like, Customers are better um, educated about potential of confidential compute when they come talk to us. So I think that that's been a big help. And we have, you know, like good lead over other companies. And uh, in some cases, you know, these companies are not necessarily um, competition to us. So, for example, um, IBM is one of the members of CCC. We run a cloud service with IBM. It's called IBM Data Shield. Um, again, fantastic product there, I'll go check it out. Um, but also um, with Microsoft and Google, we have partnership. I mentioned Google partnership with, uh, um, that, that was uh, you know, needed for PayPal. Uh, but beyond that, also we work very closely with Google Cloud, Cloud team. And uh, on Microsoft side, we are um, working with Azure team. Um, there are a few amazing things uh, lined up there too. So these companies, you know, like are uh, trying to help, uh, you know, industry be more safe, um, not necessarily at the cost of Photonics, but they find that they can, they can use Photonics to meet some of the demands from their customers. So is your company providing a service to Google or just collaborating in kind of um, the development of new ideas? Uh, collaborating with uh, Google um, on um, not just new ideas, but also uh, reaching out to their customers and having Google's, uh, you know, support um, in um, um, on, on our product. Interesting. So they will support the idea of, of their customers using your product because I'm assuming it will, you know, um, reflect well on their brand if they're offering a more secure solution. Exactly. And it's more than that, because um, if uh, any cloud provider um, is more secure than the other cloud providers, then as a, as a customer, right, you are more willing to go to the cloud provider that is most secure. Mm-hmm. And if Fortanix's proposition is that, hey, um, you can bring your most sensitive application to cloud without worrying about security. I mean, that is holy grail for any cloud provider. Sure, sure. Well, those sound like tremendous relationships. I mean, if you're collaborating with Google or IBM, um, I'm sure that's helping you drive quite a bit of revenue. Uh, what kind of growth have you seen since you got started? I mean, if you were to uh, put your growth into kind of year-over-year percentage terms, are you able to share that? Yeah, I mean, roughly we see uh, 200 to 300% growth year-over-year. Year year. That's tremendous. Um, do you find that 
being in the security space, you're up against, you know, is it hard making a sale today? I mean, I'm assuming with the kinds of relationships you have, um, you know, those, a lot of doors are opened and you have a lot of credibility going into uh, sales conversations. But I also know there's a lot of competition out there right now. So what has it gotten harder to sell your product? Yeah, I mean, good, good question. So, I mean, nothing is easy, um, especially in the startup world. So I know lots of uh, entrepreneurs are listening to this podcast. So yeah, <laughs> it, definitely it's not uh, a walk in, in the park. Uh, but in our case, security market is very, very noisy. Um, but uh, um, that, uh, that has two implications. One is that if you have a me too product, then the buyer is already, you know, like inundated with those kind of things. And, and you know, they, um, um, they will not give you proper attention. But um, the flip side is also true. If you have something really unique and powerful, um, those buyers are, again, inundated. They want something that really works, make their life easier, um, doesn't take, you know, like doesn't require five hours from their side to, to, to manage and, uh, you know, um, operate. So if we can offer something that is effective, uh, so in our case, hey, we say that it doesn't matter what kind of data you have, you can encrypt it. Oh yeah, I mean, so that will get their attention. And now mm-hmm. they will talk about, so what's my total cost of ownership of this product, right? So then there is dollar cost, which is uh, one thing, but also, mm-hmm. you know, does it offer single pane of glass, right? Okay, yeah, so, so that's exciting. Now you talk about, you know, how easy or hard it is for my team to use it. And you say that, no, the UI UX we have is consumer grade. Um, they are really last on it. So it's a combination of all those things. You have to have a product that is effective. You have to have a product that is easy to use. It scales. And then you have to have customers that rave about you. So in our case, all our customers are referenceable. So when we talk to a new customer and customer says, hey, I mean, you know, does it really work? Things like that. We say, hey, here is a list of our customers. You tell me whom you want to talk to. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and basically you go from there. Great, great. You know, as I talk to different investors and different entrepreneurs as part of our podcast, I I come across so many different strategies to growing a business. And there's a lot of people I've talked to in the software field that have very different strategies. And the one I keep hearing, you know, in the last few interviews I've done is, you know, you really got to know what your exit plan is when you get started, um, you know, there's some entrepreneurs and investors that think, you know, if I'm going to build a software company, I need to know from the get go that this is a company I plan to sell to a strategic buyer, or this is a company that I plan to build and operate for the long term, or maybe it's a company I plan to sell to a private equity group later on. Um, but you need to know that kind of as you get started, because it's going to, that is going to influence, you know, the way you um, deploy capital and resources along the way. Uh, Did you have that kind of, did you go through that thought process early on as far as, you know, where, where you wanted to take the company ultimately? Yeah. So there is not a single uh, path to success. Um, So in our case, uh, frankly, um, I didn't think about exit plan at all because I, were, I was more driven by the fact that, hey, I can solve cloud security and privacy. 
and you know that's a at least like 10 year long journey and only thing i needed to get started was you know um some investment so that's really all i was uh, focused on and from investor side right they are making that determination whether it's a big enough market for independent company to to be formed um is it going to be you know um uh, sell to some pe firm or a strategic buyer or 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 what not right mm-hmm. and so it is it is up to investor to justify why they want to invest in you and you want to make sure that early on right you have um um alignment between you and your investor but in our case again investors were uh, very supportive of us like you know trying to take on the world and cybersecurity is 100 billion dollar market and there is not one single company that defines cybersecurity if right. i tell you stories you think about emc if i tell you tell you search you think about google mm-hmm. um, i mean security is very fragmented so our entire fortanix extended team is rallying for us to be that security company um and who knows you know like when that will happen or how the path will look like but that's what gets all of us out of the bed in the morning yeah yeah <clears throat> so where do you go from here i mean you said you have a you know you see a 10 year run or is your plan to you know personally continue managing and operating this business you know for the long haul or um you know are, are you looking to sell at some point uh, yeah so um we uh, will continue to grow our business at the same rate as last time and maybe again accelerate now that uh, we have a proven pro- product market team uh, product market fit uh, i'm building my executive team um so i had uh, a bunch of people as you know uh, who have been um, um officers in uh, public traded companies so very experienced team and so now uh, we will um um build both our uh, direct um go to market team as well as channel and a strategic partnership etc but our goal would be to you know um get listed on one of the um, you know exchanges and trade okay. go, go public and things like that Okay, so that's actually the route that you want to go is is potentially IPO. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um you know, and I think what what might be valuable for some of our listeners is to hear about your experience early on raising capital as you were getting started. I'm imagining that you self-funded this in the very beginning, is that correct? no i did not self fund it um i was able to get my series a investors excited um early on oh that's great um, yeah that's that's unique though um so how much did you raise in the very beginning yeah we raised 8 million dollars um in our um series a so you had you had done a great job convincing those investors that you were capable of solving a major problem because that's a significant amount of capital to raise out of the gate um did you were you able to do that because of existing rel- investor relationships that you already had or what you know what what enabled you to do that because that is a, that's a pretty uh incredible feat yeah so you know like um um I had a very relevant background um I had dozens of patents uh, 
done in my previous companies. Um, you know, uh, my um, I had uh, studied at some good good schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those things, right? But also um, the fact that see, like uh, there are lots of companies, lots of people in the world with money, and there are lots of problems in the world that need to be solved. Mm-hmm. And you, as an entrepreneur, your job is to connect those two dots. So you want to take somebody's money, and you want to some solve some 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 valuable problem. Now, um, and you can choose the problem. You can choose a choose an easy problem. You can choose a hard problem. If mm-hmm. you choose an easy problem, then you know, like you better have something. Uh, that makes you unique, right? Where maybe you raise lots of money, like billion dollars, right? Or do something yeah. amazing, or or you have some unique insight. If you choose a hard problem, right? Then um, um, again, why do you think uh, you can uniquely solve it? So in our case, right, we were going after very big market, um, and so nobody doubted that if the product could be built, then um, uh, people will buy it. Now, question sure. is could the products be built, right? right. And, and then, um, I mean, your uh, credibility in the technology, your specific ideas, how do you think about those things, um, et cetera, come in. And, um, you know, like investors are willing to, to, to fund you if the expected return on their investment is high, right? So they understand that even with all the diligence they do on you, there is some probability that it will go down. Uh, but as long as they they are able to make m- much more money than what they put in in the case of success and there is a reasonable chance that it will succeed, they will fund you. Right, right. You know, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm interested in your take, or I'm, I know what your answer will be, but I'm interested in you know hearing it directly from you. Um, you know, there's a lot of big companies out there that have um, – a foothold in cybersecurity and they were there and they were successful before you even got started. Why didn't they come up with this? Why didn't they approach the problem the same way that you did? Because it seems like such a, you know, um, a, such, such an opera, a big opportunity. You would think that some of these big companies would have dedicated the resources necessary to develop out a similar solution. Yeah, so you know, like big companies typically um, have difficulty discovering um, newer markets because you need somebody who is really dedicated, somebody who who is really passionate, has a relevant background, and those people are, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, responsible for lots of uh, money, and they are running a PNL inside a big company. So personally, they do not have time to, you know think about all the upcoming trends. And um, so that's the practical reality, right? And then um, another thing is if you have, you are working for a company that has, you know, say like billion dollar revenue and you have a new idea that has 10% chance of working. And if it does, you know, it will give you like $10 million dollars. In, in, in the first year itself. That's a fantastic model, by the way. Um, that that pro- project is not getting funded because, you know, um, big companies have better or bigger things to do. 
so there is a, always innovators dilemma and uh, it's a uh, um, um, it gives chance to to entrepreneurs like me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you think that your company has still has the capability to be just as innovative and just as effective in developing new solutions today as when you got started oh yeah yeah so i mean we are still pretty small you know like uh um we are second or third inning of the baseball uh, okay yeah we have a long way to go <laughs> how many how many total employees do you have at this point we have around 75 employees right now so again very small team yeah no that's a good size you can be you know that's that's enough people where you can you know you can be uh you can you can be able to get projects completed in a reasonable period of time that you can still manage effectively um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've asked you a lot of questions regarding, you know, your business uh, kind of on a corporate level, but, you know, is there anything you want to share with our audience about your product specifically that you think might be, you know, relevant to little market companies or specific niche? I mean, you know, we talked about financial services companies, you know, are, are there other categories of businesses that you cater to that, you know, might be, um, you know, somebody you'd like to court or, or, you know, share information with? Yeah, I think if um, in addition to financial companies and tech companies uh, or, you know, like services company, if you are in uh, defense or in public sector um, and are looking for something that is really, you know, secure um, and, uh, you have need for like encryption. Yeah, Fortanix is a uh, company for you. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, um, info at Fortanix.com. I can be reached at uh, on that email. And do people, are people able to buy your products directly online or do they need to speak to an account executive to do so? Yeah, they need to speak to an account exec, but they can. Uh, we have a POC environment uh, where people can get started uh, without talking to anyone. And once um, they they are comfortable using our product, then uh, for for actual transaction, they need to talk to somebody. Okay. Okay. Well, terrific. Well, Ambuj, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your experience and your products. And uh, you know, I'm hopeful that some of our listeners will take the opportunity to reach out and um, hopefully benefit from what you have to offer. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Well, great speaking with you today.